This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hello, and welcome to episode 139 of... Potteroni, Mike. And on this episode, I will be talking to myself. Yeah, I'll be chatting away to myself, give myself, give myself a right going over. You know what I mean, mate? But yeah, because, uh, I didn't set up an interviewee this week. Uh, a couple of people cancelled and I was very busy doing all the stuff. So yeah, I'm going to talk to myself. Before I do that, as you may know if you've listened to the last few podcasts, I'm also doing another podcast called DICTV Radio, which is a sketch podcast. And we're on the fourth episode now. It's out there on Spotify and iTunes. Dick TV, you could call it, or DICTV. Anyway, here's an example of the kind of thing I'm doing on that. Somewhere in Israel, in the year 32. Hurry, woman. We don't want to be late. You try wearing these shoes. I told you to wear sensible sandals. Excuse me. Where forth are thou going? Sorry? I don't understand. Uh, Where are you going? Oh, we're going to see a prophet. They say he's sent to us by God. Pray tell me, where doth he speak? What? I haven't a clue what you're saying. Oh, sorry. Four years at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. Where is he speaking? Oh, don't worry about it. At the Mount. You can't miss it. It's just past the gravel pit to the left of the sandy expanse. Why don't you come with us? Well, thank you. I'd love to. He has many followers. They say he speaks the truth and can do great miracles. Look. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome Jesus Trump! Okay, a lot of good people here, really good people. What a crowd! Best crowd ever. I'd like to thank everybody. We've been on a journey. What a journey. There's never been a journey so successful. 
Pontius Pilate and the new radical Romans want to silence us, we will be victorious. We will. We will oppose the fake news Pharisees and the cancel culture. That's right. We will. You know they kept saying, uh, they kept saying, he's just a carpenter. They, he can't lead the people. That was fake news. Fake news. Oh, he's got such a lovely speaking voice. <sighs> Peter just gave me the numbers. We've got tremendous numbers. They're off the charts. You won't hear that on fake news, Jerusalem media. That is so true. You see, he does speak the truth, honey. Such incredible numbers. 95, 97, 17, 253. That's my favorite number. 253. He gave me the numbers. Thank you, Peter. Or should I say St. Peter? That's right. I just made him a saint. They don't like that. They say, no, you can't make him a saint. Honey, is it just me or does he glow? It's like he's made of gold. Whoa. What about P.P. Punches Pilate? He's probably the worst king that ever lived. They say he can't hold his pee-pee. All night, he's up, he's down, he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out of the bathroom all night. That's what they say. You know that. What about the lepers? I'm getting to that. Under pee-pee punches Pilate's administration, the lepers are allowed to run wild in our community. You know that. And I said, send them back wherever they came from. I don't know, where is it? It's called Le- Lepidonia. And then the fake media came for me. I mean, Ma- Mary Magdalene. Why is he wearing a diaper? <laughs> That's not a diaper, honey. It's a loincloth. They're the latest fashion. I said, Mary Magdalene, you're fired. Okay. That's what I said. And then she runs to the fake media and they lap it up. They knew she was lying. I never touched her. With a face like that, I don't think so. I don't think so. And then they said, crucify me. I said, go ahead. It was the greatest witch hunt anyone had ever seen. Get out of here, you pesky He's nothing but a schmuck. They said, but it was prophesied that a Messiah would come and that he'd be crucified and that then he would rise from the dead. You know what I said? Prophecy, schmophecy. Fake news, fake news. I can't be crucified as much as I'd like to be. I've got an ankle spur. Ah, don't be a hit sicker. I showed them the doctor's certificate. They couldn't argue. And so it passed that Jesus Trump gained a small but loyal following. But nothing became of him. He and his minuscule band of followers disappeared into obscurity. And there came another man that people said was truly the Son of God. And he preached a gospel of compassion and love for our fellow man. Some people mocked him and called him a socialist. It would take another two thousand years before humankind was truly ready for a prophet who would preach a gospel of greed, hatred, and self-pity. Amen. All right. Yeah, the last episode is all to do with Eastern religion and all that kind of malarkey. And you know, this podcast is on the Headstuff Podcast Network. There are lots more other podcasts on the network. If you have a look at the website, it's 
headstuffpodcasts.com. And here's one of them. Hello, I'm Emma Jane from Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. I have some unbelievable guests on the show like Paul Meskel, James Cavanagh, Georgina Campbell. The list just goes on. And of course, we'd be mad to take failure too seriously. So every week I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random. Most are straightforward. However, some are a little more unconventional. And in the spirit of failure, my guest can pick the numbers. They might not like the results, but life's not fair and neither is my podcast. Now, um, yeah, so uh, also if you wanted to uh, give five euro a month on Patreon, you can get exclusive material from three of the podcasts from from uh, the Headstuff Network. Um, for example, on my podcast, if you pay the five a month... There is a live show from the Helix shot back in uh, 2020 in January. That's there free and uh, I'll be adding other stuff as well that you can't get free of charge. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what you'll be fucking, uh, fucking getting if you fucking pay, you can't. Right, so, um, what am I going to talk about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about. Today, I am trying to deal with rejection. You know, um, the last few days, really, I've been trying to deal with this. Okay, it's not an incapacitating, dark depression or anything like that. Just a lingering, underlying feeling that I forget about if I'm distracted, you know, by doing domestic chores or some exercise and it linger you know it's there it's underneath it's there it'll linger for another few days i'm sure and then slowly ebb away like the moon and like the moon it'll probably return and i kind of have good reason to feel rejected i'll tell you why in the last three weeks i've done maybe at least seven auditions like a lot of auditions just yeah, a load of them. You don't, you don't, you don't go into a room anymore during the pandemic and tra- travel somewhere and audition in front of people. It's self tapes, they're called. So you get a few pages of script, you learn it, rehearse it, shoot it yourself, set up a light and a tripod, send it, edit it. You've got a lot to do and send it off. And it takes quite a bit of time, not an inconsiderable amount of time, depending on how many lines you have to learn and how complicated the script is. In general, you know, you might dress up for the character as well. Just dress more or less like the character would. Uh, If you know if it's a tie or whatever, uh, uh, or casual and shaved or unshaven. And you do quite a few takes. And even though, you know, there are probably, you know, another 50 actors are more doing the same thing for the same part and even though the character might be described as stocky with a comb over and you are thin with a full head of hair you still let that little sliver of hope creep in that yes i'm gonna get this you know now you're you're supposed to just do the audition and forget about it that's it that's what the best more healthy thing would be but when you get seven in a couple of weeks you think well, maybe by the law of averages, surely I'll get one of these. And perhaps, perhaps what really grates me actually is I did an audition over Zoom. I did one of them was with 
with a young director uh, over Zoom and uh, a few days ago and there was just one short scene of a man coming into a shop this is what I had to kind of learn off and a conversation and eventually he buys a hammer and I did it three times with different moods you know kind of tense kind of vibe friendly suspicious the guy's suspicious uh obviously you know but i'm doing this sitting down looking into a laptop because i'm on a zoom call so i'm not like acting this out i'm not walking around or or standing up and then the director asked me to do the scene while looking for a hammer you know just miming looking for a hammer which is fine i suppose but i balked a bit at this you know but i did it half-heartedly because it felt profoundly ridiculous that I should pretend to look for a hammer while I'm sitting at the laptop so I'm not even acting out this scene I'm just pretending to look for a hammer around the sides of the laptop or whatever or in my pocket any whatever I just feel and so it's annoying me because I just should have said no I'm not doing that sorry you can shove the imaginary hammer up your actual real hole so uh, no, it just feels really weird after something like that. It feels like maybe like what a lap dancer feels like after dancing for a really unresponsive customer who just <laughs> asked her to do something weird, like maybe pretend you're looking for a hammer and then just sat there and stared at her. That's how I felt afterwards. I just felt used fucking used and i wished i'd just said no shove your imaginary hammer up your hole i'm not doing that i didn't anyway so uh so i've been doing loads of auditions since in the last three weeks i've pretended to be a doctor a cd guy that was the that was the title of the character a sheep farmer a butler two butlers two butlers what the fuck a building site foreman a pawn shop owner in a kind of a fantasy film uh, a private detective a judge marrying people and a polish grandfather with a leg injury i pretended to be all of these people in the privacy of my own home and none of them have come back to me none of them i mean what the fuck what um, i mean at least a lap dancer gets paid i i'm doing this Anyway, look, I haven't said, look, even if it was getting paid, it doesn't make any difference. I've done stand-up comedy gigs for years now, and it doesn't matter how much you're getting paid. If the audience aren't responding, it still feels like shit, no matter how much you're getting paid. When you're doing stuff on stage, I mean, you just get this, these people who stare. There's always usually one in every audience, actually. They just sit there, and there's nothing happening. It's fucking, oh, it's... It's it's weird. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can say to yourself on the drive home after the gig, ah, or, um, well, I'm sorry, not drive home anymore from the gigs. These days it's an online gig. So you could say to yourself on the walk from the laptop to your living room that at least you got a nice big payment, you know, winging its way to you in the bank account any day now. But that actually doesn't matter. It doesn't help. No matter how much you're getting paid, when you're getting shit rejection from an audience or from anybody, it's shite. Well, for me it is. Sorry, for me. I know it's not all 
not all performers are like that. And you know, I think a lot of them are able to just leave it on stage or leave it, just do it, bang bang. In fact, I think most performers who are that sensitive give up on on it after a while or whatever, where it's acting or because it's too emotionally draining. And I'm sure in a look in a week or so, I'll be like, fuck them all. It doesn't matter. It's their loss. Fucking bastards. Uh, it's just the way I'm feeling this last few days. For the moment, it's just a lingering rejection. And, uh, I know it's not even probably the rejection of the auditions. It's probably some leftover feelings of rejection from the deep roots that go down into the thick, soggy soil of my childhood. You know, the early years. That shit that happens, you know, when the first little, when you're like a little tree growing up out of the ground. And you have to, you know, there's a rock blocking your path or you have to circumnavigate or a, a drought nearly killed you and you barely survived and a foot nearly trampled on you. And then as you grow harder and become more adult, these kind of early kind of kinks or injuries are, are, are just ingrained in your very being. So they just keep coming back. So when you get rejected by some little whippersnapper fucking idiot director it's probably not him it's your ma or something just give out to you or something or whatever anyway i think it's probably more than you know part part of it is it's your youth you know it's like some other thing you know anyway it's probably right to feel down when you get when you when things got work out right it's probably good because it's like, you know, if you didn't feel pain when you got a cut on your finger or something, or if you didn't, the next time, you know, you were about to cut yourself, you wouldn't even flinch from the j- danger. You'd, you'd never learn. So you just learn, isn't it? You gotta fucking feel pain to learn, you know, and that's the way it is. If you didn't hurt yourself when you cut yourself, you'd probably just bleed to death sitting there watching Netflix and not giving a shit. So it's good to feel disappointment. Yeah. And rejection because you, you learn from it. But that's the way. Anyway. Okay. So, of course, like, the self-tape auditions are unbelievable. I don't really know why. Uh, you don't know why you didn't get the part. No one. You just send it out. It just goes out. You just transfer it. Send it out in an email or a wee transfer into oblivion. And no one gets back to you. That's all that happens. It's like sending a message into outer space, hoping an alien will see your message and get back to you. They just loads them, go out there, me as a doctor or a seedy dude. They go out there and no one ever comes back and goes, well, yeah, you thought we you know, there's no feedback. <sighs> and it's not even like the people casting for films know what they're looking for. Because quite often, after you've auditioned for a part, you find that your mate who is 20 years younger and balding and your other mate who's six foot two and has a face tattoo auditioned for the same part. Like they don't even have a type. At least the, 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 about as much as they know is it's a man. So we'll, we'll, uh, it's a man between the ages of 20 and 60. That's as much as they seem to know about every character. I mean, a casting director wouldn't make a good novelist. He was, it'd be like, he was a man of indeterminate age between five foot two and six feet four in height. And he had a face. She knew he was the one. That's really it is. Anyway, that's the feeling. But look, I've been out today and, uh, I'm fine. I'm all right now. I've tried to get inspiration from other people. And, uh, I, you know, I love Charles Bukowski. So I had a look around, see if, see what he thinks. 
and uh, I found this little bit. It's a little snippet of a of his first short story that was published actually, and it's called Aftermath of a Lengthy Rejection Slip. I walked around outside and thought about it. It was the longest one I ever got. Usually they only said, sorry, this did not quite make the grade, or sorry, this didn't quite work, or more often the regular printed rejection form. But this was the longest, the longest ever. It was from my story, My Adventures in Half a Hundred Rooming Houses. I walked under a lamppost, took the little slip out of my pocket and reread it. Dear Mr. Bukowski, Again, this is a conglomeration of extremely good stuff and other stuff so full of idolised prostitutes, morning after vomiting scenes, misanthropy, 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 praise for suicides, etc., that it is not quite for a magazine of any circulation at all. This is, however, pretty much a saga of a certain type of person and in it I think you've done an honest job. Possibly we will print you sometime, but I don't know exactly when. That depends on you. Sincerely yours, Whit Burnett. Oh, I knew the signature, the long H that twisted into the end of the W and the beginning of the B, which dropped halfway down the page. I put the slip back in my pocket and walked on down the street. I felt pretty good. Here I had only been writing for two years, two short years took Hemingway 10 years and Sherwood Anderson he was 40 before he was published and yeah well it goes on but I mean it's just brilliant Bukowski <laughs> just turns it into pos- positivity anyway that's it fuck that helped me out and that's it that's how I'm feeling but I'm going I went for a run just now and I feel actually I'm actually fine now it doesn't matter does it? I'm alive I, I went for a run on the beach in my bare feet I'm healthy I have a nice place to live in I don't have to work in a stupid factory or something shit like the majority of people in the world so you know so what if I spent a few hours of my life pretending to be other people for no reason other than so a bunch of people I don't know just glance at it and go nah it's just the Zoom audition actually just annoys me anyway, but fuck. Because, you know, I'm trying to live in the moment. You know, and if, if I don't like the feel of something, I'd like to be able to stop myself and know why I'm feeling that way and really feel the moment. And that's hard. That's hard when the adrenaline's going, like a an audition type thing. So I just wish I could have stopped said, no, I'm not pretending to look for a hammer. Sorry. <sighs> anyway, next time. I have to keep coming back to that, keep that, you know, experiencing things. What is happening at the moment. Stop and feel the moment. I have to feel the realness of the moment. The honesty of the moment. That's my constant aim. That's something that slips away all the time. Feck it. I get lost on the phone or the confusion of life. But you need to stop. Plant your two feet on the ground and feel whatever it is that's happening. You know, your breathing, noises around you, it itches, random thoughts, feelings. Just let them happen. Be aware of them. That's all. And that's meditation, man. I haven't fucking meditated in months. Well, I should do that. 
All right. Well, I don't know who I'm I'm uh, uh, going to be talking to next week, but there's a few people that are on the verge of doing it, and uh, uh, you'll know, there will be someone next week, though. So that's it. Have a good whatever's coming up. Have a good day. All right. See ya. Good luck. Bye. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with axonics therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.